October 14, 2018, it's a Watt Pedro show.
Sunday, <laughs> Matt still, but, but we're coordinating things, people. He ain't playing hard to get, he promised me, but I'm actually not totally man alone here in my pad and Pedro, because through the engineering miracles of those programmers in Estonia with their Skype software, uh, Virasola is aboard. Where, where, where are you uh, using Skype with me from? I'm actually in Washington, D.C. right now. The big town. Okay. The big town, yeah. Okay. We had an electrical storm here two days ago, which is kind of rare. I heard about that. I actually uh, I got out of town. Um, I was in Los Angeles, and I got out before they had thunderstorms. But um, a bunch of my friends lost you know, lost uh, power and stuff from the electrical storm. Right. My second man, drummer man, Jared, did here in Pedro, even, North Park. Well, I guess he's in Rancho Palos Verdes now. They annexed themselves. So. Vera, uh, we started the show off with uh, John Coltrane live, Penn State, nineteen sixty-three, doing "Bye Bye Blackbird," and then the colo- and then the colony from uh, Vera Sola y- yourself. Uh, Vera, what is your oldest musical memory? Oh wow, that um, that is so tough. You know, I grew up in a musical family, and well, you know, um, Vera. There's no real yes. wrong, there's no real wrong answer. <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm thinking because music has been a part of me since you know for as long as I can remember. Um, 
I, oh man. So, I mean, you're saying I, there's people, I've just been, there's people in the house you grew up in that also were musicians, not just listeners. Yes, but mostly listeners. I mean, my dad plays music. He plays, he sort of apes at the drums and plays harmonica and sings rather well, but um, it was mostly just records. I mean, my oldest musical memory, I guess, is that my parents had this this record player, and I remember going through them, and um, and so it wasn't even so. I, I remember the visual aspect of it first, and then I I have always been sort of an obsessive, and and uh, would hear certain songs and then just play them over and over and over again. Um, and I had a a great attachment to James Brown as a child, so James Brown was really important to me. Ah, um, what, what was the first record? Yeah. You, what was the first record you bought for yourself? Well, my, the first CD I ever bought was uh, actually a um, a the self-titled Black Street album, which I believe was produced by Dr. Dre, and it had this song called No Diggity on it, Yeah, um, which I still listen to it all the time. It samples Bill Withers' Grandma's Hands. <laughs> um, it's so good. Um, so that was actually the first CD I, I, CD I got. I can't remember how young I was. But it's always been a really eclectic sort of deal. I mean, I also remember buying No Doubt's first album and remember being blown away by the bass playing on that thing. Tony. Like the first. Yeah, Tony, good, good bass oh, player. Oh, man, that first, it's an instrumental, I believe, that album opens with. And it's just it's just so cool and so funky. Can, um, can you remember the first gig? Uh, Vera, do you remember the first gig you went to? Oh, yeah. Um, well, man. It was probably James Brown. Um, but I also remember one good story is that I was I was always a really, um, I mean, I hate to say precocious child because I don't want to be pretentious about it, but I've always sort of felt like the same person trapped in, in a growing body. So sure. as, soon, as soon as I was conscious, I was basically conscious of my humanity and, and – um, felt like I should be treated on the level of, of adults and was very resentful of being in a child's body. And I remember um, <laughs> my I had older friends. I was about, I think I was about five or six, probably about six years old. And my friends said that they were going to a Beck concert uh, and I wanted to go. And they said they were probably like 12 and and I wanted to go. And they were like, mm, you know, you, you can't, you're way too young. Like we don't, we're not bringing you to a Beck concert. And so I went <laughs> to my uncle, who's very cool, and I was like, hey, I want to go to this Beck concert. Will you take me? And he had connections at the venue. And so he got me in, and I remember like going there and then seeing my friends and walking by and being like, oh, you you guys are here too? How weird. How funny. We both ended up here. Um, so that was actually, that was an early uh, early one, I guess. Vera, you said your pop did a harmonica and drums. Was there instruments in the living room? There was a piano, and I've always been really deeply connected to the piano. The piano is an instrument that comes to me very easily. Oh, did they have um, you take lessons? Yeah, they did. They had me take, I went through a lot of piano teachers because I was always the most difficult student I never wanted to practice scales, and I always wanted to learn songs that were way above my head. <laughs> and so many teachers, uh, you know, dropped me. The Suzuki method was <laughs> it, that was not going to happen. Um, and uh, did I you learn how to sight read? Did you learn how to sight read? 
Um, I, you know, I can sight read, but well, I can read music. I wouldn't say sight read because I couldn't sit down right now and, you know, just like rip out a, a song that I'd never played before. But if you gave me like 20 minutes with it, I could. Okay. So I can read music, but sight reading is a little bit of a stretch. What about school, um, Vera? What about Sorry? school? In school, like a uh, choir or recorder or shit like that? School no, band, marching know, I, band? I didn't. I didn't do any of that, and it's it's sort That's of sad. That's okay. I'm just I curious. Up, I'm just curious because well, it I seems was, it seems there's like ten million paths for music, and everybody's path seems to be different. That's one of the reasons I yeah. talk about this on my show. <laughs> well, my path to music is a is particularly um, different and strange because, like I say, no, you know, teachers dropped me left and right. I did finally find a piano teacher. Um, I'm half Canadian, and I, I found one in my hometown in Canada who would work with me and and bring me impossibly difficult music, and we'd just go through it, and it would take me two years to learn a piece by <laughs> Franz Liszt, but I'd do okay. it. Um, and, uh, oh, he's, isn't and he the cat that practiced with, like, weights on his fingers? I, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> someone said to me, I was on a train, I met a guy on a train, he asked me what my favorite classical music was, and I brought up Liszt, and he was like, oh, man, like, that's like the heavy metal of that time. Yeah, like yeah. that that dude was insane and he was like a rock star. He was a baby. Actually, you know there's an insane did, uh, P- a Roger Daltrey movie where he plays him. I haven't seen that. It's called Litzomania or something. I think it's from the eighties or <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so so piano playing. Uh, so I played piano, yeah, but um, What about did you do I the went- thing where you branch off into like keyboard, a synthesizer, or Casio, or no? You know, it's so weird. My life. So my my story is that I I played piano, classical piano, and I always, you know, I I went through a a really big punk period in my life, and I you know had a, a, a Les Paul, which was way too heavy for me and way too difficult for me to play, and I've always been at war with the guitar. I started. I picked up the guitar at about twelve, but kept putting it down because how, how did it happen so- how, how'd you get into guitar uh you know i always was drawn to it and i think getting into um that sort of that style of music i wanted to be able to play guitar but i felt at battle with it you know i have small hands uh-huh. and i was choosing the most difficult guitars i possibly could play and i didn't have the facility for it that i did with the piano i've always had a an innate sensibility when it came to the piano um, but no, I, I didn't have keyboards or synthesizers or anything. Okay. Um, and then I picked up the guitar at 12 and put it down for about, picked it up and put it down for um, like 10 years, literally. And um, then picked it up again and started playing in my in my bathroom just secretly and uh, sort of learned a whole bunch of other, like basically worked my way around with other instruments and then... Um, my friend Elvis Perkins hired me. Uh, he asked me. I was at a point I was post college and uh, was working at gig on the radio, actually a syndicated radio show at the time, and um, was a didn't really know what I was doing. And he invited me. He'd heard me. You know, we'd played music around the house together and and jammed and stuff on weird different instruments. And he hired me to be in his band and said, um, you know. Like, you can play, I play the auto harp as well. So he said, you know, you can come in, play the auto harp, and play the harmonium. You can play some keyboards. And uh, I was like, cool, that's great. I mean, I'm not a musician. And he said, yeah, you are. 
Um, and I said, I, I'm not. I, I really am. I am not. And he uh, he convinced me, and I showed up to the first rehearsal, and he handed me a bass and said, oh, by the way, you're also the bass player. Ah, bass. And All right. Yeah. So, um, so I Vera, the bass for that. Well, you're saying this is like uh, this is after college. So you're telling me like junior high and high school, you didn't really do the garage band, the bedroom band. Not at all. Band. No, okay. I mean I played secretly in my room a little bit. But woman alone until college. Yeah, woman alone, Sorry? not really a band, right? Oh no, never. I'd never played with anybody else. I was too scared and yeah, too. Sure, sure. Never thought I was good enough until I was until until Elvis. I Elvis. Uh, Elvis Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta yep. check out Elvis Perkins' music. He sounds like he was a great influence on you. Oh, he's spectacular. He really was. He's he made he made this happen for me. I mean, he gave me all the faith in the world, and then that's he very, handed me the bass guitar, which changed my life. Yeah, that's and, very um, important. Vera, I want to play this song, Virgil's Flowers. Sure. Yeah. These are the flowers that you hate. These are the colors for your mother's sake. All of this climbs the walls where poets go to die. These are the petals you despise. These are the letters that you fear. All of the vowels that you strain through walls to hear These are the syllables I swallow when I lie These are the words to make you cry These are the sorrows that you've sang To walk, stay And when you wake to breath And you clamor for the light This is the dark that slept inside
I'm a rambler, I'm a gambler, I'm a long way from home. If some people, they don't like me, they can leave me alone. <laughs> oh, it's dark out and and the moon gives no light. And my pony, it won't travel on the dark road at night. So anyway, yeah. my attitude, if they don't like me, they can leave me alone.
Vera's telling me about her connection with Elvis Perkins. Uh, you guys, what what town did you grow up in? Uh, Los Angeles. Well, I guess we met each other in Los Angeles, but then I my family moved to New York when I was eight years old, okay. and then I split time between New York City and uh, Canada. Okay, but Elvis, he lived on the, he's like fourteen years older than you, but he lived down the same street. You, the, you, yeah, he your did. Parents, each other's parents are friends. Yep. And where was that? Here in SoCal? That was in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, that what, was in Los Angeles. What, yeah. what part? Uh, sort of a uh, Hollywood Hills area, like uh, off Mulholland. Sure, sure, sure. Because, you know, I live in the harbor, San Pedro. That's beautiful. Yeah, my pop was a sailor, and I came from Virginia when I was nine. So anyway, uh, what she was telling me, people, uh, Elvis was getting going, playing coffee houses. She was there, and Elvis Perkins asked her to play bass. And the connection was... 
pretty coincidental, the parents, and just living in the same proximity. But it had a unique uh, effect. It made you into, uh, uh, realize your calling. It, it really did. You know, I'd always dreamed when, when you think about, like, how much time you spend dreaming of what you want to do, I'd always dreamed of being a musician, but um, never thought I had it in me. I mean, I've always been a performer and a voice actor and a theater actor, but never thought that I would ever be able to work up the courage to go on stage. And, and he took me out there. And then the that, you know that, it all you know what it all happened that uh that that uh I wonder about that word actor and actress is actress a lame word um for for some people I don't okay. I don't really uh, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it because you also used a word earlier in the music context rehearse yeah because so that, that, I've noticed a lot yeah, of musician people are afraid to say the word practice like I have yet to hear some guys say hey I'm going to go to the gym and Go rehearse some basketball. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to music, but with actors and actresses, you definitely do do rehearsal. Well, I would say I rehearse with my band and I yeah. practice all the time by myself. Okay. That, that, that's that good. seems That seems uh, fitting to me. Yeah, yeah. Just semantics. Virgil's Flowers, uh, Verisola. Then we had I'm a Rambler from Charlie Plymouth up in Cherry Valley, upstate New York. Sarah Artizoni with... Uh, Trippy cover of Sound of Silence. She's from Italy. And finally, Vera Sola with Black Rhino Enterprises. Yeah. Which is a trippy title. I, I, <laughs> some of these, uh, what are they called? Gentlemen's Clubs? One of them's called Black Rhino, some spearmint. Oh, you know, oh yeah. Of don't course. worry about it. There's nothing but, ge- nothing but gentle, gentlemen there, so don't worry. <laughs> That's uh, that's not what it's about, but it could be. <laughs> okay. You could make. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back to your music journey. You're playing bass for yeah. Elvis, per- Elvis Perkins. Yep, among a whole bunch of other things too. I mean, he really taught me that as long as you've got the soul and the spirit for it, you don't really have to have any training in an instrument. If you put in the time and you've and you've got the heart, like. You you can really play what you want, and so I played a lot of different things on stage with him. That's how I got into learning about synthesizers and learning about alternative, you know, forms of percussion and and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, you moved from being, or or it was happening at the same time where you're playing in his band, but you're also developing your own trip. Well, no, it, it's it's very strange. Well, I guess in private I was. I was, you know, practicing songs in the bathroom and yeah. and uh, behind closed doors. But nobody knew that I was writing music. My family didn't know. Elvis didn't know until, I'm going to guess, October 2016. I made this album in March of 2017. So nobody knew that I was making this music and, and nobody had heard anything from me. They had no idea what was going on. Um, stealth and yeah, st- totally stealth. <laughs> and it was, I, and, and even then, you know, I, I when I did start sort of secretly playing my songs out, I was going and and playing under all sorts of different fake names at um, you know hookah bars and and open mics in New York City and just completely hiding myself. And why, and do you, why do you think? Even, um, because I never, I just, it was so much for me, my music, and it still is so much for me, um, that I never really considered that anybody else would be interested in listening to it or 
didn't really need anybody else to listen to it, but I started to want to play out. Um, but then, yeah, still, even then, it was just two songs here and there at a, an open mic. And it wasn't until I went into the studio um, after just sort of a, uh, a couple of months of just the worst stuff that you can possibly imagine, like everything that you can imagine going wrong in a person's life, like all of it happened. And I didn't really have any direction. I I sort of lost the job that I the like main job that I've been holding down. Elvis wasn't touring at the time, and so we weren't playing. And I decided. I played him a couple of my songs and, and he he encouraged me to go into the studio and record just for, again, just for me. I mean, with no expectation or or goal for it. Yeah. Um, and I ended up going in and um, it started out where I was going to play with a whole bunch of other people and I had friends that I wanted to play on it. But ultimately, I decided that part of the journey... And the importance of breaking this wall down between me and my writing and playing was to play everything myself and arrange it all and produce it all myself. Wow. So I did that for better or worse. <laughs> I mean, no, that's pretty um, intense. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it was uh, great. Prince did it, uh, Stevie Wonder, Dave Grohl, but it's kind of a hard thing yeah. to do. I mean, I'm no Prince. <laughs> Let me what, tell you. What was the first thing you, you put down? Uh, singing? A I think Prince with, but with drums first. Stevie Wonder, too. So for me, I'm not a drummer. Um, so a lot of the, per most of the percussion on that record is actually found objects. It's more like Foley than it is drums. Or I, like, would piece together a kit and uh, lay that in after I tracked guitar and vocal. Most of the guitars and it, most of it is a, a single track, lead vocal and, and guitar, and then I'd overdub. Oh, okay. Um, that became like that's the backbone of the two. That would be the backbone, and then I'd just layer on top and sort of shape it. Because I also have um, a, a very sort of wonky uh, sense of time and rhythm, um, which is definitely, you can hear that on the album, yeah, um, yeah. with like extra, extra bars and, and such. Um, it takes a real, uh, <laughs> a really sensitive and and brilliant, uh, you know, person to to a drum company. along with me or play well, bass along with me, and I'm lucky to have that now. But on you stage. know, actually, uh, Vera, in folk music, there is a tradition of that because it followed the singing so much. A straight time wasn't yeah. that important. You listen to that old Bobby Dylan stuff; he just moves to the next chord when he's ready to. <laughs> And that's what I do. I also learned that from Elvis, too, and playing bass with Elvis. It's like, uh -huh. you know, you follow his breath. Okay. Um, that's what it's about. It's it's about following the breath, not ne not necessarily the expectation for what's coming next, and, and really being on your toes. Um, yeah. So you brought so in... That's a, what I did in there. You brought in a lot Sorry? of stuff. You brought in a lot of stuff for your own proj here from your experience playing with him. Absolutely. I mean, I learned. A tr I mean, I wouldn't have had the courage to to try a, to play the drums if it weren't for him. Right. Um, and you know, I learned a lot about varying various instrumentation. You know, I, I learned a lot about synthesizers that I'd never considered before. Um, yeah, and then it sort of shot off into this stratosphere that I never could have imagined, and was such a surprising and hilarious and harrowing experience that recording <laughs> would you, would process. Would you consider it uh, self-produced? 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. I did everything yeah. on it. Um, I really like everything. it. I think you did a fucking bitching job. I mean, I, I would never believe it was, was like your first attempt. That's crazy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah really thank incredible. you so much. No, I, I truly I'm mean excited. that. And we're at the end of the first hour, October 14, 2018 edition of the Watt for Pedro show. Special guest, Vera Sola. Hold tight for hour two. October 14, 2018, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
misters and seasons and voices Echoing shots lost in the dust Of hinterlands, winterlands, winterlands If you grow
They know not what they are They hold their breath within them And so become their scars For Peter Show, we start a, a second hour off with Loving You Loving from Vera Sola, then Mold Omen out of Balmore with Simulation of Sorcery, Whack Quack Kingdom doing Ego Enzyme at Shige out of Berlin, The Doers from uh, Canada, but the West Side, Victoria. Uh, so it's so it is. No, no, Vancouver. I keep thinking of the No Means No guys, um, which is a great band. A teenage guitar for the Atlantic Cod, uh, my out of the city, with stay a little longer and four, Verisola. Uh, that intrigued me. That title four, because I'm yeah. making a record now. I'm naming after my pop, and like all the songs are like for somebody. It's usually cats that uh, I've lost, right? Friends and uh, mm-hmm. that have passed on. And so when I saw this t- a song title four, like for Tony nineteen, you know, for D Boone. For, you know, for like this kind of stuff. And and so I was thinking, for, what were you thinking? I mean, you don't have to explain your songs to you a lot. Uh, well, for that one, it's like for everybody. It's for the country. It's for the state of things as they are now. Ah, which um, is pretty intense. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> intense. I mean, that was written in the wake of the election uh, uh, rather quickly. The horror. Um <laughs> Yeah, the horror, for, for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, we were off air talking about you going into the studio for this album, and you had only been singing three months. 
Tell us. Yeah, in earnest. I mean, honestly, I, I guess, like I said, I'd done those uh, those little open mics and stuff, but I didn't really have a concept of what my voice could do or or what I wanted to do with it. And um, I mean, I've been saying, you know, I can can I've got a voice. I mean, I could sing. I'd sing around, and I did a little bit. Of, I did some harmony singing with Elvis, but in earnest, I had had not been singing, and it wasn't until. Um, I sort of had this, this, like I said, this cataclysmic series of event, of events that shook up my whole life and big drama. Um, just yeah, it was just the the worst time, and I kind of got to this place where I was like, what if I'm not? It, it doesn't really matter. Like none of this matters. I can. Why don't I try this? Why don't I try singing? You know, like I might be able to when I just give it a shot. Desperate times um, call for a desperate woman. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was wild. And so I went into that studio and um, right before then, I mean, I'd been doing a little bit of practice. I had booked the studio time, but my mom had been in the hospital um, and was in the ICU and oh, didn't know if she was going to make it. And I, I went in and I was like, Mom, like I have this studio time booked. Are you going to are you going to die on me? Should I oh, quit and stop this and like hang here with you? And she was like, no, I'm fine. I know I'm going to make it through. You you have to go do this. But oh, what that meant her. was that, um, I mean, it was beautiful and amazing. It was scary to leave her. But I, um, what that meant was that the, the time before, which I would have spent like practicing my songs and preparing for the album and doing pre-production, sure. I didn't have and I didn't do. So I just walked in, waltzed into that place, and I had a, a book of 40 songs. Whoa. Not really sure what I was going to record. 40 songs? Um, yeah. That's and a that's, That was just the ones that are like, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> and that's just what was finished. Or like, you know, as finished as a song can be. I mean, I've sure. got tons and tons of other ones. But yeah, I walked in there and um, got into the vocal booth, and I opened my mouth. And in so many of those songs, I was just, I couldn't believe what was happening with my voice <laughs> i just it, I, seriously i was just like are you what is going on um and i think it was this sort of letting go of the fear of my own voice and yeah. the you know fear is exceedingly powerful and sure, when you let sure. it go you can actually reach new you know physiological heights yeah agreed. so i was I, I gained octaves and i was able to do new things i mean there are moments on that record that even when I was mixing it, I'd be like, is that a synthesizer? And it would actually be my, my own voice. There's no vocal effects on that whole thing except for reverb, yeah. uh, which is, to me, is cr I mean, it's crazy. I'm, I, it, it's insane. You let the <laughs> I, flag I, fly. Like, I, I want to play a, a by moth light here. Yeah, that's one of them. Thank you. 
Concrete 
and scars that tell a journey A journey from despair to where The never-ending path that leads you to A place where no one even cares Concrete kisses my soul I wish I'd found a way to talk to you Not involving the use of words Of course I know I'm easy to see through But sometimes speech just goes unheard Concrete kisses 
For Pedro Show by Mothlight Vera Sola with that incredible singing people that's only verb, no synth. The synth yeah. is only with the fingers, not with the throat. Then we had Stella yep. Martyr with uh, Concrete Kisses, Vermis de Limbo out of Brazil with Lover C, Chaz Bud- Bundick meets the Matson 2 with a search, Landfield with Grizzled, that's got Bobby Ho on the drums, Art Trip and the Static Sound with Pressure. Obnox, I ate everything I had him on a couple days ago. Bim Thomas, great cat out of Cleveland. And then finally, Small Minds from 
Virasola. So, 40 tunes. How many, how many, oh, did, yeah. <laughs> how many did you end up recording for the record, though? Uh, we tracked 15 and then uh, dropped four, or dropped five. And, well, how did you um, cut it down from 40 to 15? Uh, it was really just what I felt like doing and what I felt was right at the time. And then there were a few songs that I knew that I wanted to do with the band. You know, I have a bunch of songs in my live show right now that I I would want to have, you know, like a real drummer on or like... I, I work with an amazing bass player, and, and she's just astounding. And um, so you wanted some stuff that like that could translate to gigs. Um, well, no, I mean, I, I more wanted I wanted to wait on those that I all. I mean, I play all of those songs in my live gigs. I just wanted for the recording process. Yeah. I wanted to play songs that I knew that I or I thought that I could execute all by myself. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Whereas for other ones, I, I was like, you know, I'm really gonna need to have a, a hard bass drop on this one that I can't, I can't take myself, or you know, like I I need some complicated fills that I I can't achieve. Okay. Um, and so I saved those for you know the next record or 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 whatnot, whatever. Um, because I do plan my next one, you know, to to have real musicians on. <laughs> so you were thinking in your head. Without even giving a stab to all 40, you knew it had to get cut down. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't going to be like a quadruple LP. For, no, for or, or, first, try to, or just try one. to record all 40 of them and see which ones turned out better or something like that. You started refining right away. So you got a good back uh, catalog. Or not catalog, but uh, backlog. Oh, backlog. Yeah. yeah. That, that's I have a, a great backlog. It's always better to have too more. much than not enough, you know? So true. I mean, I have I've written since then. I mean, I walked in there with forty finished songs. Yeah. And then I probably had, you know, twenty five almost finished songs in the bag. Then some of them I haven't finished yet. But I've written a good deal more since then. That was March twenty seventeen. Um, I have written a lot since then. <laughs> so yeah, but we're talking only like two three years of real. You you ain't come across something like white writer's block yet. Uh no, I haven't. No. Good. Um, and even if I do come across writer's block, I've got so much. That's what I mean. You got backlog. To work with. Yeah. I can grow back. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. And and I'm curious. When you when you have a finished song, what what is it? Is it a piece of paper with chords and lyrics, or is it a recording? Or I know some people now, they actually film their self-playing so they can see where their fingers are on the fretboard. <laughs> well, I, well, first of all, I'm sort of of the opinion that a song is never finished, which is sort of, I guess, that can be detrimental. But I mean in the sense that a lot of those songs you hear on the record evolve daily depending on my mood right, and, right. and the arrangement of the band. So they're all cha ever-changing, and sometimes I'll throw But, the, but there's a core form, right? I, I'm, I'm curious there's about how the core form is documented. Um, it's documented in different ways. Uh, voice memos on my phone are really helpful. Okay. There's and, a lot uh, of people who do that nowadays, yeah. I'm learning. In fact, I bought myself a little recorder. I don't use a leash, but it's it's kind of like that. So you can have it right there. Yeah, right yeah, I there. I never did I'm that in the old writing. days. <laughs> I never did that shit. It was so stupid. Yeah. Of course, you'd forget like 90% of the shit you read. You're right, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, and even the, the the other problem now is I write so much that I've got like 400 voice memos and I have to go through them. And I'm telling you, know, 80% of them are terrible, <laughs> you know? That's okay, though. Like we no, said, more, more, yeah, more is better than less, right? So true. Vera, we're at the end of the second hour, uh, October 14, 2018 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Special guest, Vera Sola. Hold tight for hour three. October 14, 2018, it's the third hour of the Lot for Pedro show. Every second is an hour. Every minute. All it suffers me it speak Every hour tears me asunder And anything longer is an insult to my heartbeat Every moment it strikes me deeper That I step in time to no one on the streets And you walk so far ahead now It's a pace that even running I can't keep Hey, wait Please wait I don't want you to leave Hey, wait Please wait Aren't you forgetting about me?
without me Don't go without me
女の子
Wofford Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with uh, Verisola doing New Nights. You, you got something to say about that, too? Uh, oh, God. Um, you called it a crusher. Well, that, a crusher, yeah. Um, that is the... Well, I was going to say it's the saddest song I ever wrote, but it's not true. Um, <laughs> uh, but I did track that one. That's the last one we tracked. Uh-huh. Um, and I did that in one take and wrote it in about 20 minutes right oh, there uh, on my way to the studio. The, I had gone into mix and uh, and j- then ended up tracking that one, um, having written it, you know, like 10 minutes before. And so that's the least, wow. um, yeah, that's the least massaged, planned or yeah. written, massaged, yeah, <laughs> sculpted <Needed>. song. <laughs> and th- then we had David Gerard with uh, Between Goodbyes, Moon Mama with uh, Onoko Yura Yura, Sachiko with Never Go Down Yurai Zaka, and finally Stunt Cat, Stunt Cock, but Stunt Cat <laughs> with different, there's a small difference. Yeah, peaks yeah. and remarks. You know, Vera, you were saying before about acting. What, what is the yeah. acting side of you? Oh, it's a big part of me. Um, well, I do voice acting as a as a, you know, re- I was it's like, you know, real job. I mean, a job that um, can can sustain me. Um, and uh, I grew up on the stage and uh, as a theater actor. And that's what I wanted to do initially. Um, and so this this whole thing is sort of the synthesis of everything that I've ever been. You know, it's I, I was a writer and, uh, I, I, you know, like worked. I was a a, a poet in the literal sense of like, I'd go out and do poetry readings. I did a poetry fellowship in school and, um, and uh, a theater actor. So this whole thing, it's, it's really everything that I've ever been. I mean, I also do projections for my shows. So there's a visual element. I design all my costumes. What about the other side? Uh, Yeah, Vera, what about the other side? Like playwright? Do you do that? Um, you know, I've worked on some, but I've never, uh, I've done improv. I've worked with, uh, playwrights who then I'll work with them on on scripts and, su- and such when I'm acting in it. Yeah. But no, I've never done. I I worked on, which hasn't. I worked on an adaptation of a Ray Bradbury story with a friend, but we never, we never uh, actually got that together. But I'd like to do that. But no, mostly uh, short stories and and essays and a lot a lot of poetry. Okay. But have acted and what, and what would you call poetry? I heard one uh, definition for poetry. Poetry is everything that ain't prose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, I'm definitely of that opinion. I mean, I find poetry in everything. And I know that sounds like really cheesy and kind of obnoxious, but it's true. You know, like I, I find beautiful. There's like there's poetry in in tabloids, um, and poetry in the spoken word. And I think I, I read a lot of. Um, you know James Joyce and the like uh, over my time, and and that's what I like about him is, is that music. attitude towards I remember language. His first published poem is chamber music, and I got to do. Oh, I have I have a first edition of that which someone wow. gave me, which is one of it's one of my prized possessions. I the got asked to do uh, music for uh, verse nine. Oh that. wow! Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan. So I was just curious. Oh, man. Some people think poetry is just rhyming words. <laughs> 
<laughs> no way. No way. I think some of the best poetry doesn't rhyme at all. Yeah. Well, I was going to um, say, Walt Whitman, uh, Leaves of Grass, is very blank in that verse. Yeah, uh, and it's one of the greatest pieces of all time, and self-published. Nobody believes yeah, that. That's right. 1855, first edition. Put it out himself. DIY, people. Here, I want to play circles. Yep.
talk about shit, but we all take that. It's what brings us all together. It makes us realize that we are no higher than a simple maggot. Yeah, well, this is a diary of shit. I no longer care if you know it. You can take the story as you like. Get ready to brace yourself. You might want to grab yourself Depending on what it is you like Yeah Please don't bother with any prayer No matter what you say This fucked up chaos is here to stay It's always been messed up But now after all these blank years
Okay, people, last music for this edition. We had Circles from Verisola. Circles. Yes, that one. <laughs> yeah, enlighten us. Um, well, that one's funny. That's a, that's actually a joke in my band because we don't really play that. We haven't played that live. I have the most incredible string arrangements for that one. Uh-huh. But we've never played that live. And so whenever someone calls out, you know, if we get an encore, we have extra time on stage. They'll say, like, play another one. And my band will look at each other and go, circles? Because nobody knows it. Um, which is very funny because it's also the simplest form. I mean, it's just one sure, actual sure. circular thing. Um, and there's a there's a lot going on there. I mean, that's one of the ones that has that one. And Loving You has the um, the strangest percuss- uh, percussive aspect. I mean, circles is built on, you know, breaking glass and... Yeah plywood and stomping boots and chains and all of that um looped. and i'd say the percussion is the whole is the whole deal i mean the loop is the the only thing that's looped is the guitar but i played every note of that i'm no oh, wow. good with looping pedals okay, okay. Um, Me either. so Me either. i did i just did that lick over and over and over again like in a sort of mantric way no, no, um, and I that one is that's what it is, really, is that one's more of a meditation that kind of goes sure. off the rails. There was a Who song um, called Circles. It was also called Endless was Parties. There? Yeah, it had a few, it's in the 60s when they were a young man. Uh, we had the yeah, Healers after it. that with Di- Diary of Diarrhea. <laughs> That's a oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're from west of Chicago. And then Nacho Monero with Signe And finally, The Cage. Virasola. Yeah. Cage, yeah. This is the longest song on the album. Is it? I didn't realize that. That's why I put it last. No, I just thought it was cool. a good closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a closer for sure. Yeah. I often close my show with that one. Oh, is that right? Okay, so I, I yeah. was feeling it. Look, yeah. you know, we were talking about all these uh, different ways you've done expression with the theater and with the uh, voice and, and with music. Help it out and with your own projects. What, have you had younger people come up to you and ask for advice? Absolutely, and that what is them, astounding Vera? to me. <laughs> well, first of all, I say I, I say I have no idea why you're asking me for advice because I feel, you know, I feel younger than than most people. I mean, I know eighteen year olds who are about forty years ahead of me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like a like a newborn baby washing around in the ocean right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I, the biggest piece of advice that I can give, I guess there's two things, is one, just when it comes to expression, let go of fear because it is it does not serve you at all unless it's driving you to practice more. I mean, yeah, practice, 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 obviously, but yeah. um, there is no fear that's that's useful when it comes to this sort of thing it's it will only hold you back and it'll only prevent you as i said even physically from doing what you're capable of doing and um just you know like we were talking off air just don't try and be like anybody else you're the only you're the only uh one with that specific compilation of cells and with that mind and and that experience and you have something in you that is is singular there's you know billions of us on this planet but not one of us is exactly the same absolutely and um it's a it's totally a shame to to try to squeeze yourself into a genre or into a box or you know to fit someone else's expectations i know it's kind of crazy um, too because we already got enough stuff in common 
So why try to blur yeah. even the little tiny? Yeah. I think that's great yeah. advice to pass on, Vera, truly. And where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me. I'm on. I'm best on Instagram. It's at uh, Vera.Sola, V-E-R-A dot S-O-L-A. And I, uh, I'm pretty responsive on there. Okay. Uh, Facebook as well, Vera Sola Sound. You got Twitter. a website? I got a website, www.verasola.com. That's very important. And it's like having your own fanzine. Yeah, it is. I need to be. Uh, I, I'd like to have. I'd like to have a little zine too uh, on, up on there. I thought <laughs> but I about think that. Every time uh, any of us make a website, we kind of make a little fanzine. It's better than just hanging out at the shitter and fake look, you know. Yeah. So, uh, look, you, are you going to tour this uh, record? Yeah, absolutely. I'm touring this record. Okay, um, people. That I'm going to be in. Yeah. Well, depending. This airs today. Yeah. Probably in a couple cool. hours. Um, Okay, so in the hello future, people. Um, I, I'll be in Canada opening for the Milk Carton Kids, fantastic band, um, this week, uh, 19th and 20th, 19th in Montreal, the 20th in uh, Toronto, and then I got a show at Pappy and Harriet's in Joshua Tree. In the desert over here. 20, in the desert, yeah, on the 28th. And then I'm going to be in Europe for the majority of November and then got a West Coast run in December and then on from there, you know, oh, it's never, we, we never stop. That's great. So come out and see me. The live show is, is just spectacular, especially I get, when I got my band with me, they're, they're just aces. I'm the luckiest lady in the world. <laughs> Will do, Vera. I, and I'm very lucky to have you aboard. It's a big honor for me. I love the album. Everybody out there, it's been a, uh, October 14, 2018 edition of the Watt Peter Show special guest Vera Sola. Keep your powder dry.